Welcome to Season 3 of Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your semi-anonymous host, but if you know, you know. After coming back from this trip to Costa Rica, one of the main things that I think all of the girls were talking about and really stuck with me was just the sense of community. You know, we have this amazing resource in Instagram and in the internet that so many of the widows who came before us just didn't have. I feel really fortunate that we have this. I know for me, because I host this podcast and I host the page, I get to talk to so many of you all the time. So I feel like I am regularly in conversation about this and I have a really strong community of people by virtue of sort of being at the helm of dating after death. But one thing I realized in Costa Rica is not all of you who are listening to the podcast or who come to the Instagram page have that same opportunity to connect with each other. And there are some of us who are doing things we can to help you all connect to each other because we know the value of it. For me, it's hosting these trips or um, the Patreon and you know giving you a place to talk about dating specific. But another really amazing resource that has been created is the Forced Joy Club that's being run by Dana Frost. If you are someone who's felt isolated or alone in your grief, this is the community for you. It's a membership community for grievers to connect with other people who just really get it. And because of who Dana is and the wonderful human that she is with such a big heart, she has thought about every single little detail to create a safe and judgment-free space for you to share your stories. She's provided a wealth of resources. She's bringing in guest experts. She's doing everything she possibly can to help you connect with each other and navigate the complexities of grief. Grief can be really lonely. I know you know that. I know that. But that doesn't mean it has to be experienced alone. And if you're a griever, I just want to like really encourage you to check out the Forest Joy Club. I have already heard from people in this community that it's been a hugely positive thing in their life. So check that out at forcejoyclub.com. Today, I'm really excited to be bringing you a conversation with Jennifer Hanks, who runs her business and her Instagram page, Coco's Caravan. Jennifer lost her husband to a cancer battle about five years ago and has really shared her story so openly and vulnerably and keeps a blog of her experiences. And then in addition to that, she also gives mom tips because she has two adorable twin sons And she's just like made a business for herself out of the amazing things she's learned as a solo parent of twin boys. Whew, widowhood, solo momming twin boys, that is a tall order. But Jennifer brings this joy to her parenting and I have really connected to that. Like there are times when I'm feeling frustrated as a parent and I watch her and I'm like, oh yeah, okay enjoy it, soak this up, these are the days kind of thing. And I think she does such a beautiful job of that. Now, one thing Jennifer hasn't talked much about is her dating life and where her mindset has been around love, sex, and dating after losing her husband, Justin. So of course I was curious. I think part of doing a podcast is just being nosy. (laughs) Um, 
So I reached out to her and asked if she'd be willing to have this conversation. And she was like, I think it might be boring. I don't have too much to talk about. So I just said, no, no, no. I think this is really going to resonate with the people who listen to the podcast, who come to the page that haven't started dating yet or aren't feeling ready or are feeling frustrated by the dating process. So please tell us like, what's it been like for you? So she did that. And of course, she's just so lovely. So I know you'll enjoy this conversation and here we go. I wanted to connect with you because, you know, you obviously have a platform on Instagram and yes, yes. it seems like you're speaking to both the grief community, but then also just like young moms too. Yeah. I wanted it to be like, I didn't want my Instagram handle to be like grief or widow yeah. or anything with that in it because I was like, I want to be more than that. You know, yeah. I, I don't want my account just to be all like this depressing, <laughs> like, let's mix it with some other stuff too. Yeah. Cause like that's turned out to be a good balance for sure. Because then I can do content like collaborations with companies more and I reach more people that way. Yeah. It's hard to get content collaborations in the grief space. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure. So you have two pages actually you're running Coco's Caravan and then yeah. also separately a community page, right? Yes. And that's just like sharing stories, not just widows, anything that someone could read and feel like, Oh, I feel her. Like I feel seen Yeah, because I know how that's helped me. Yeah, for sure. So I love to start the show just by doing a little bit, like, can you tell us your and Justin's love story? Yeah. So Justin and I grew up together. We both are from Fort Collins, Colorado. That's where oh. we grew up. And we both went to like the same church growing up, youth groups. And he always liked me, but I just <laughs> was like, no, we're just friends. And then after we graduated high school, we went to the same college our freshman year and we became best friends. Like we took a class together. We were together every single day and I could tell that he liked me, but I still just was like, we're friends. I don't want to ruin this friendship. It's so fun. And I just got to college. Like I want to meet new guys. I don't want to be, you know, tied down to this guy from my hometown. Yeah. So we just continued to stay friends and it kind of went back and forth like that for a while. And finally um, we connected on the same page after years of, I like you, you like me. And <laughs> that's when we got married in May of 2013. Okay. So it was really fun. And after we both got on the same page, it was just so easy. Mm -hmm. I just felt like our relationship just was so easy going from being best friends into a relationship. It was like, oh, nothing's changed, but we just get to add more fun stuff and yeah. just be in love. Yeah. It just felt so like, okay, this was always meant to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have all that shared history together and everything. Yeah. Which kind of makes it hard now. You're like, how yeah. can I com be compete with a history like that? Yeah. You basically can't, right? No. <laughs> it could just be something totally different. Yeah. Obviously you've been very open about sharing about his cancer battle, but can you just kind of give us like the high level for people who might not know your story? Yeah. So we were married May 2013. And then it was August, that following August. So it was just like a couple months mm -hmm. after we were married, he was complaining of chest pain. And just to the point where like he'd be laughing and it would hurt so bad. 
he went in and we were just like, you know, you're 24. You probably just lifted too heavy. Yeah. And then that's when he just went into like the normal doctor and then they found on his scan a huge tumor. So we packed up and we moved back to Colorado because that's where our families were living. My dad works in the healthcare industry. So Mm -hmm. he connected us with doctors and within a week he was starting chemo. Oh my gosh. We were also like meeting with fertility doctors because you have to think about that before you start chemo treatment. Yeah. So it just was like, it went from like, yay, we're married to you have cancer to we're living with our parents now and dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. At such a young age. Yeah. So I just feel a little gypped sometimes because Mm -hmm. our newlywed year was just kind of taken from us. Yeah. And Instead of in our new apartment as a newlywed couple, like we were living in hospital rooms and Mm -hmm. I was sleeping next to him in the room. Did you both like make the decision to try to have kids knowing that he was going through chemo? Yeah. So we just, when the first time he had cancer, we banked sperm and Mm -hmm. said, we will deal with the kids thing later because it was just too much to manage, right? So he went through six months of treatments, had a huge surgery that like cut open his chest, removed the tumor, and he was like officially declared cancer free. And so we were so excited and he was in remission for a year. And that's kind of when we started the fertility stuff, Mm -hmm. meeting with doctors. And then his cancer came back a year later. And then we halted fertility to start our new cancer journey, which it was a new journey because the cancer that came back was completely different from the original cancer and so rare. They didn't even have like a technical name for it. Mm -hmm. No one knew about it. So we were just, he was just a guinea pig. Oh, let's try this chemo. Oh, it's not working. Okay. Let's try this one. Oh, Mm -hmm. this worked for a little bit, but you can only take this a certain amount of times in your lifetime. Yeah. So he hit the limit. Okay, now we have to find a new chemo. So it was just trial and error. And we could only find a chemo that would prevent the tumor from growing. We could never find a chemo that would actually shrink it. Yeah. At the point, this point, he had so many surgeries and it was coated all over his chest that surgery was just not an option. Mm. It got to the point where he had an outpatient chemo treatment where he'd go in every couple weeks for a couple hours, get his treatment and then go home. And it was a nine day difference from being checked into the hospital on a Monday and living at the hospital until a Friday. That was just miserable. So we thought Mm. just him being able to go in, you know, a couple hours every couple weeks, we were like, wow, this is amazing compared to what we've been dealing with. So we did that for almost two years and we forgot about cancer a lot of times. We're like, oh yeah, you have cancer. Oh, you have to go do your chemo treatment. Yeah. And it got to the point where we were so sick and tired of cancer and chemo controlling our lives and holding us back from this life that we wanted together that we were like, you know what? The treatment's keeping your cancer from growing. We know that like, if we just took to it, we're going to find something and let's move Mm -hmm. forward with our life. And that's when we decided to move forward with IVF treatment. Okay. So I was doing IVF and he was still doing his chemo. I got pregnant by, they put one embryo in Mm. and it split. Yeah. (laughs) So that was just like, also really terrifying because I'm like, my husband still has cancer. How many twins? twins? <laughs> I was panicking. I'm he sure. was so excited. 
Um, after we started telling more people, I'm like, okay, I can do this. We can do this. <laughs> and I was like seven months pregnant when he started to get so sick. Hmm. We just thought, oh, you have a cold. Usually with cancer patients, it takes like weeks and months to get over like a common cold where someone like a healthy right. body, yeah. you know, it would take them pr- pretty quickly. So we thought, oh, you just have a common cold, but it just kept being worse. And then he got admitted into Huntsman Cancer Hospital in Salt Lake, and he was there for a month long. And the beginning of the hospital stay, we were like, we got to get him out of the hospital. You know, these babies are coming. And, you know, it turned into, okay, he might not live. Hmm. And the switch from like, okay, like, will he even make it to the twins' birth? Yeah. Now it was just like, really hard to make that switch because you're just up until that point we were battling you know battling for his life and it got so dire and depressing and like oh my gosh let's just get him to this birth like will he be able to get here so he was released from the hospital with about a month left before the twins came but after you're in the hospital that long it really puts a toll on your body like he couldn't even walk he couldn't Mm. breathe without oxygen and we're like how is he going to get into a hospital room so those next like three weeks, we would practice, you know, walking to the couch, to the door and back. Yeah. And that was, like his daily activity and everything was like, like a marathon to get him strong enough to just be willed into the hospital. Mm. So, and then with twin births, you have to give birth in the OR and they're very strict about how many people are in the OR because you just never know what could happen. Yeah. And luckily they let him be there, which was a miracle because usually they're really strict about it. Yeah. Um, and it was really amazing because, you know, he, he couldn't do much, but he was there and that's what I needed. Yeah. Like I cannot imagine like having to do that alone. Just the yeah. fact that he was there helps me get through it. Your posts about that and like the photos that, that you have from that moment are always just like so heart-wrenching. Yeah. To live through that, I'm sure, was so emotional on yeah. so many levels. I know. And I look at those pictures and I'm like, well, what could be worse? He could have not been there, you know? Right. And, and even though like he was there in those circumstances, it's better than there alone. Yeah. But he still couldn't really, you know, after the twins were born, because twin A came vaginal. Oh. And then twin B's heart rate started to drop. And we had to go into an emergency C-section. So that okay. was kind of, we had to hurry and wheel him out and get baby B out. So it was kind of traumatic. Yeah. And. In lots of ways. So that was kind of hard. And he couldn't come and visit a lot at the hospital because, you know, you have to wait a while after a C-section before you go home. Yeah. But we did get like two months of just mm-hmm. that time with them. Because the apartment that we lived at had stairs, and we were like, we can't do stairs. Like yeah. he could not be going up and down stairs just to lay in bed. Yeah. So my aunt had this really big house with a basement apartment with mm. two rooms, and we were in one. His parents were in the other room. Oh my goodness. And my parents were upstairs. <laughs> my mom. You had the whole community. So it's a big happy family, wow. like the olden days. Everyone was helping take care of the twins. Yeah. Everyone was helping take care of Justin. It was a, it was crazy. Yeah. So can I ask you a question about some of those last months? 
Yeah. It seems like a lot of people that I talk to who have been through the cancer journey, because that was not my story, never really get to have these hard conversations because nobody wants to like do that switch of like, oh, you're dying, right? Yeah. So, it, but it seems like from what you're saying, you all were sort of acutely aware that this was coming. No. So, no. Okay. Like when I look back, I'm like, okay. oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at these pictures. You look so skinny, right? But in yeah. the moment, you're like, no, he's going to live. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> this is not going to happen. Like, never once did I, that was a possibility, which I share a lot about on my Instagram the regrets that I have yeah. of not having those conversations. And I wish I had had those. And that's why I advocate so much to people. I'm like, please, yeah. I don't even care. Your husband could be totally healthy. Just have the conversation. It's easier when they're healthy, right? Yeah. Then, you know, so. if we had those conversations. It was coming from a very real, he could die. Yeah. So having the conversation was way harder because the possibility of it happening was very high. Yeah. Okay. So um, that was four years ago. Yeah, almost five. I, I kind of go off how old my boys are because yeah. he passed away a couple months after the boys were born and they just turned five. So we're going, we're coming up on five, which seems crazy to think about. How old are you now? I'm 34. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I was 29 when he passed away. Wow. So obviously because the show is about dating <laughs> as a widow and like, it's always weird to make this transition, right? Into like, okay, now let's talk about your love life. But like, especially with you, I'm so curious because you really, from what I can tell, haven't talked about it at all. No. And so I'm, and and I haven't interviewed anybody really who, um, like most of the people have had some experience. So I'm really curious kind of where was your mindset and where is it now just around this topic? So... Interesting enough, this is every time I do a Q&A on my Instagram, mm -hmm. people want to know. Every time, this is the first question they ask. Yeah. Are you dating? And I don't get bothered by it, right? I'm fully aware that my life is completely public and I don't mm -hmm. have to answer these questions, but it is interesting. I don't know if they just want to know or it's helpful. That's why I love following your account because it's helpful to see what other widows are doing. It, it, it's helpful. Yeah. I think I don't talk a lot about it because my family follows me. <laughs> Justin's family follows me. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's weird. I don't really talk about it a lot. But when, okay, so I have written about it. I wrote a blog post talking about dating because yeah. people kept asking so many times. I'm like, just go read about it on the blog post. So when someone has cancer for so long too, you are mourning that person before they've even died. Yeah. You've thought about every single possibility. Like, I might have to date. Like, could I date? All these questions, yeah. this processing that your brain goes through happens before that person actually dies. Yeah. And I think when he passed away, me going through those thought process, had I had already ha kind of done that. So I felt like I was a little step ahead mm -hmm. processing like, oh, when I would be ready and I – it was funny because that first year I told myself like the first year I'm not even going to think about it, right? I had two newborn babies, um, twin babies. The last thing I was going to think about was dating. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to give myself a year and just not even think about it. And I'm really glad I did that. Like no apps, nothing, just 
just process what I had just gone through. Yeah. But it's so funny because in that first year, I was like, oh, I'm so hopeful. Like, it's going to totally work out. So positive, right? Like, you mean just like about meeting somebody gonna in the future? Happen. <laughs> and then once that year was up and I downloaded an app and I started kind of tiptoeing into that world, I was like, wow, this is really depressing. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I thought it was. Oh, interesting. Wait, what did you think it was going to be like? I don't know. I had known like three widows who got married within like the first year after losing their husband. Oh, wow. Because someone had set them up. So I just thought, oh, someone's just going to set me up and it's they're going to be the one. And I just was living in like fantasy. Oh land. my gosh, me too. And I was just like thinking, oh, they it, it's just going to happen after like a couple of years because someone's just going to set me up and it's just going to be great. Yeah, I just figured like, oh, I'll tell all my friends I'm ready and then the men will come pouring in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's just like the reality of one, dating as a mom, a single parent, a widow, learning of the options out there. You're like, wow, this is a lot more depressing than I thought it would be. (laughs) And I was living in a fairy tale land for that first year thinking, oh, it's going to be great. I went on a date. It was like a year after and someone from like the church that my parents go to was like, hey, I know someone who's single, which is my least favorite way to be set up with someone. I'm like, first of all, you don't even really know me. Yeah. And the only reason you're setting up is because we're the only thing in common is that we're single. <laughs> but because it was like the first step into feeling open to that world, I was like, why not? Right. Or like I practice. really just need to like start practicing again. Yeah. And it was not like he was a really nice guy, but I just was not feeling it. Right. I'm just okay. like, what was the plan for the date? Like we went on a hike okay, and went yeah. to dinner. So it was like super oh, that's a long date. Hike it wasn't dinner? a long hike. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like, no, no, no. I'm not committing to like, it was like around a lake. Okay. Lots of people around. <laughs> okay. I was like, I always tell people don't even commit to dinner because it's too long. Do like a one hour thing. Yeah. Right. Like go yeah. to coffee or yeah, mm-hmm. like something short. So I just remember driving home from the day and he's sitting, he's driving. I'm looking over and I'm like, why are you here? Yeah. Justin should be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why am I here? Why do I have to be in this situation right now? This mm-hmm. freaking sucks. Like, I don't want you here. I don't yeah. want you being the one next to me. I don't want you. Like, I just was mad. Totally. Like, you're like, a stranger. towards him. It was just the situation that I was 100%. in. He was a really nice guy. I just was not feeling the connection. And I just, it was hard. I just remember being like, that was not very fun. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to be at all discouraging, but just like for perspective, you know, I've been with my boyfriend for almost two years now and I was just messaging with another widow friend. And I was like, do you ever look over at your boyfriend and be like, is this my life? Even though you're like super happy together. It's like, this is so weird. This guy was a stranger to me two years ago. Yeah. It's like, just everything's like the the mind can't process it, you know? Yeah. It's really hard to come to terms with how your life has turned out. Yeah. Which I'm starting. Like, I feel like I've been just going on this path of being like, how can I accept that this is my life and be okay with it? Because yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. Agreed. So how did the rest of that date go? I think he spent like most of the time like talking about his ex and oh, no. <laughs> I just was like, oh my gosh. Like I knew kind of before I even went on the date that I probably wasn't gonna. Yeah. 
Like, I think I just was like, I need to practice. Yeah. So that was good. I just, that's just really hard. And then how long was it before you like did another date or another something else? So after that, it's really, it was really hard because I was living with my parents in Minnesota. I'm not from Minnesota. I didn't really know anyone there. And then we moved to Colorado. So I just, living with my parents was hard in a sense because you're like, I don't really want to be dating. Maybe not my parents' house. So I just kind of was just on the apps to be like, I'm on the apps. Yeah. I'm trying. But really, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not probably really going to go out with anyone. And did you get into conversations on the apps with people? N- not really. I, I matched with this guy who was living here in Utah, and I knew I was going to be moving to Utah. And um, I was kind of excited about it. And we went out when I was in town. Yeah. And I had so much fun. But I guess it just, we hung out a couple times, but I don't know. I guess it just wasn't mutual, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a bummer. It's like, it never works out when it's like either you like them and they don't like you or vice versa. I don't know. So then I moved here and I was like, okay, I just sit on the apps and nothing. It's so awful, but I'm just like, I don't get excited about anyone. Yeah. Even when I match with someone, I'm just like, you don't even excite me. Like, I'm not even like hoping you message me. Mm. There's no one that I'm super excited about. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to put myself in your shoes too, of like having these two little humans that you're caring for all the time. And then like the work involved in building any sort of like relationship with somebody to go from just photos on an app yeah. to then getting to know their personality and planning a date and it's a lot of work, actually. It's a full-time job to date. Yeah, it's a lot. It takes a lot of energy and work. And I am a, a single mom widow, right? Yeah. I don't, like, I have one night. My in-laws take my boys one night a week, and they sleep over at my in-laws' house. That one night is gold yes. to me. You don't get my free night unless you're absolutely amazing. Like if you have spent a night with me on my free night, that means you're really special to me and you're like one of my close friends, right? I don't just give myself to anyone on those free nights. That is just my special time. So if I'm going to go on a date with someone, I feel like we'd have to be like talking for a while. I'd have to be super excited. Like I'm not just going to going on a million dates asking what their favorite color is. Yeah. Right, like everybody uses that example. <laughs> like I don't have the mental energy for that. I wonder if anybody ever actually talks about favorite colors on first dates because everybody says right. this. Like, like I don't I care about now. your freaking favorite color. <laughs> it's just so hard. I don't know, and I don't want to seem sound like snobby. I'm just, no. um, it's just exhaustion. Totally. This is just coming from like a single mom who's like managing a whole business herself, managing a home by herself is so yeah. hard. And then taking care of my kids. It's just the thought of dating. Like I want it, but I also don't want it yeah. because it does feel like a really heavy and extra that I can I handle that? Like, is that fair to them? You know, would they be good getting what they need from me? Um, that kind of is what I think about as well. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like 80% of the time I am totally content and fine. Yeah. It's like the 20% that I'm just get really sad and lonely. And I think, oh, I wish I had someone again. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me too, because like, again, you're like 
performing at a very high level, right? Like, and you're building a business and managing these two little humans. And so it makes sense to me that it, most of the time it's just like, yeah, I'm like living my life and I figured out my rhythm as a solo mom and all of that. But there's always going to be those times. I mean, not for everybody, but for me too, even though I'm in a relationship where I get so lonely at nighttime, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but my cousin who is like an online dater, her recommendation was to line up multiple dates in one night. Oh, (laughs) that takes some serious skill. Well, yeah. And like people will say like, that sounds exhausting. And I'm like, yeah, but if you only have one night, you know, a week or whatever it is, it's like, just try it. And that's true. My problem is I just need to do it. Yeah. I just need to start doing it. And I think the problem with me and probably a lot with my like cultural growing up is everything, everything is so serious. Mm. I'm not going unless I see him as husband material, right? Instead, I should be like, no, like I should go and have a good night. Like nothing. Why does everything have to feel so permanent? Mm, like yeah. I just want to go have a good night and get to know someone. Yeah, that's that's good. And and it's like hard to shift your mindset from that, especially if you grew up in the church, right? And it's like ev- any dating was really about dating to get married. Yes. And yeah. I think I just admit I'm like I'm not there right now, mm-hmm. right? Like I just need to like slowly get back out there and get comfortable with like dating again. Yeah. Maybe you could think of it like just shaking it up and like adding some interesting stories to your life. I know. <laughs> Go right? meeting some crazies. <laughs> but like, it's hard because we tend to focus a lot on the negative. Like, oh my gosh, it's so hard doing this mm-hmm. again as a widow. Like, I wish I, like, I never had to do this. But like, I need to think more positive sometimes. Like, oh, it's exciting. Like, I get to experience a first kiss again yes. or first like excitement over a text. Like, those parts of dating are really fun. So I'm just trying to look, trying so far (laughs) to look for the positives in dating again in your 30s as a single parent. Yeah. Do you find that the men who are in your age range often don't have like the same kind of life? Like they haven't like lived life in the same way you have because you're on the younger end of the widow community? Yeah, I don't know. A lot, I see a lot of single parent single dads oh, and then this ones that haven't don't have kids yeah but like a single so, parent at least to me I'm like okay well they've been through something right they were through a divorce or yeah and I'm starting I don't know like I'm like what do I want do I want a single dad or do I want someone who doesn't have kids and then can just kind of like be a part of my family and but I do love that single dad's have experience with kids and they're not going to be like annoyed by something like they they get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do like that, but it is on the other hand, it does come with a lot of, it's hard to merge two families oh. and that comes with its own hard. So I, this is, this is my problem. I start thinking about all these things uh-huh. and I'm like, you know, it's just easier to, <laughs> I was just going to say to you, I was like, okay, merging families could be like years down the road. Like, right. That has See, nothing to do problem. with your first date. <laughs> my I think too much. I just need to go have fun. Yeah. I know. I had like, when I got on the apps, I did like, I was so narrow in what I was looking for. I was like, I want you know, a guy in this age range and he has to be Christian and he has to blah, you know, whatever. I listed all these things. Then I was like, well, these 10 guys aren't going to do it for me. So then I started like opening up my restrictions, you know. 
same. That's yeah. totally how I've kind of been. And yeah, it helps. Yeah. And I also think it helped for me to see, like, to watch these other widows who were dating and posting about their experiences. I'm like, oh, well, some of them are dating single dads and it looks like it works out great. And some of them are dating guys who don't have kids and it looks like it works out great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, think I was like, okay, maybe I should just like, keep my mind open. Not think so much about everything. <laughs> I did want to bring this up. I was talking about this with my sister the other day as well. She's recently Mm -hmm. divorced. And I find that sometimes people like our friends and our family ask so often, you know, like, oh, how's dating? Are you dating? And I feel like sometimes they ask because once I'm dating or once I'm married, Mm they can finally relax and be like, oh, we don't have to worry about her anymore, right? And it's not coming from, I don't know, in a sense, I'm just like, I'm fine. If I'm telling you I'm doing okay now, just accept that as an answer. Don't think that getting married is going to solve all these problems, right? Like, so that once I'm married, that means you're not going to check up on me anymore, right? Like, I just hate that people think that's a solution to my problems and it's not. Yeah. And getting married is not going to take away my grief. Yeah. It's not going to erase Justin. It's not going to do any of those things. It's just going to be a switch. Right. And I think that's important for people to know for anyone divorced or widow, like, it doesn't solve the problem, all our problems, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it's so nice to see the, like the people who are creating content that are remarried or repartnered and still continue to talk about their grief, you know, their late spouse or partner, because I think it really helps to teach people like, yeah, this is ongoing, but like as a society, we're so programmed into like adult partnership. Yes. And like myself included, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not right. Like in my brain, I'm like, yeah, I want a partner, you know? Yeah. And I think it would be great for everybody to have a partner, even though like that's silly. Not everybody right. needs one. Yeah. But I just wonder if that's like where that comes from, from people and what you're saying too. Yeah. Like they just want, they want you to be happy. It's like, well, this still doesn't solve all the problems. Yeah. Like I'm still going to be grieving and miss this person. Yeah. And the boys still don't have their dad. And Exactly. And I think it's hard to when, as also as a widow, mm-hmm. when anyone dies, they really are put up on this pedestal mm-hmm. and they are like perfect, right? Yeah. How can you compare anything to this perfect person? And what worries me a little bit about dating is, is everyone going to be comparing this new guy with Justin mm-hmm. and how could they ever compete when we've put him up on this, you know, pedestal, you yeah. know, which he was amazing, but I just don't think we should be comparing. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I worry about that a little bit. That was can... 100% my biggest fear introducing my boyfriend to my family and friends. Like still, I like preface to people. I'll be like, okay, you guys, you know, he's nothing like, yeah. My husband, right? Yeah. You know, I'm like, like you always know caveating I'm everything. A person now, right? You know, I'm in a whole different world. Like, yeah. just, I just know that the person I'm going to end up with will be a completely different person because I'm different 
Yeah, right? exactly. And that's what I need in this time of my life. Yeah. When Justin and I were together, I was so different. We were in a different world then. Yeah. And you so were, you were like a, a kid. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you have somebody in your life who you can complain about Justin to? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like where you can still be like, oh, I hate it when he did that. Totally. Totally. I, yes. Because we're all human, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. It's funny to be like, oh, remember when he did that and laugh about it. Yeah. We had this um, moment on, you know, a group of us just came back from Costa Rica traveling together. And we had this moment where we we're like all sitting around the table and somebody said something about their late husband. And then like, we all sort of like sat around and like kind of bitched about our husbands. Like they were still alive, you know, like, I God, that. I hate him when he like falls asleep on the couch and you know, yeah. And then like, we sat back and we were like, man, that felt good because <laughs> like, yeah, you, you don't get to do that no. anymore really. No. You know, because like, yeah, they are human and you can do it little bits here and there, but it's like, you, when you're with these other widows, you don't have to do the same where you're like, but you know, I love him, right? Like, you right. know. Yeah. You don't even have to explain that with other widows. Like they just get it. Totally. So what do you feel like is like your hope as you move forward? My biggest hope is to find someone that just adds to my life. Like I was saying before, like I want to be in a place where I'm okay. And I think being single this long has really helped me rely on myself. And I want to be in a place where whoever comes into it just adds to it. Doesn't yeah. They don't need to fix me. They don't need to fix my problem. They don't need to come. Just come join me on this adventure and let's do it together. Yeah. And that's my hope. Yeah. I love that. Are you up for some quick questions? Yeah. Okay. So you said you tried online dating. Can you tell us what sites you used? Um, Hinge is my favorite app. Me too. Because you can see who likes you ah. without paying. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm a very shy, shy person. I do not like Bumble because I don't like messaging first. Yeah. I'm just so shy. So Okay. So you just tried those two, Hinge and Bumble? Hinge and Bumble. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, did you or do you put your widow status on your dating profile? I do. I want them to know up front, like, this is what you're getting. Like, don't even waste my time. Don't waste my one night. <laughs> Let you know what you're getting into. That's right. It's precious. Do you know what you say about being a widow? Just that I'm a widow. Oh, okay. Like you yeah. check the box or whatever. Yeah. Do you see yourself getting married again someday? I was just talking about my sister, my sister about this. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. We can leave it at that. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like that merging two lives. And this is like, this is what's been hard about dating in your thirties is like, you've established a life in your thirties. Yeah. When you're, you get married young, you're both poor, you're both yeah. like discovering life. Right. And you kind of build a life together. So in your thirties, you both kind of have your life and merging it. It just seems so hard definitely not like no but yeah we'll see it also um just from my experience like yes and has been really cool like personal growth because I'm like well there's a lot of things I'm doing I wouldn't have been exposed to before and in a different way and um okay do you see yourself having any more kids Uh, no (laughs) absolutely not I have made that. That's what makes me 
<laughs> I mean, never say never, but yeah. that's why I think dating a single dad who has kids would be kind of perfect. Yeah. Get bonus kids without me actually having to birth a child. Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> I, I agree. Okay. What did you do with your wedding ring or what are you doing with it? It is just sitting in my bathroom. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm going to... My wedding ring isn't even a traditional looking wedding ring. It's it's like kind of like a band. Mm-hmm. So I could really be wearing it. No one would really know. I just am so terrified of losing it. And yeah. it's after someone dies, every little thing holds so much value. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But you get to see it every day. You have it sitting in your yeah. bathroom. Yeah. I like that. Have you heard the term widow's fire? No. Okay. So it's basically the idea that like you crave intimacy, touch, physical connection with somebody. Did you feel that? Like with dating? Um, yeah, just like in general. Like, did you feel a, a more intense than normal sort of need for physical contact? Yeah, it's definitely hard going from being married to not. I think it's it's not even, it's just more about like the comfort of someone being there Yeah, that comes with that and just not feeling so alone. Let's talk about your song recommendations. So oh, one was one was I Celine. That question. I was so here for it. One was Celine Dion, which was uh, I was like, what? I feel like you're Are too you young. That to- song? No. <laughs> hey, you know that she lost her husband. Oh, that's right. So okay. she wrote that song, Courage, and it's absolutely amazing. I went to her concert when she sang, and I was just crying. I'm sure. I was like, it's a good one. Okay, Courage by Celine Dion, and then the other one. Oh, Sarah Kay's. Remember that night. It's about her breakup. Okay. Like she finally breaks up with this guy and then he just pops in and was like, Hey, remember that night? And then she gets she's finally over him, right? And then he like will text her and be like, Remember that night? Mm-hmm. And it, all the feelings start up again and then she's back in that world. And even yeah. though it's about dating, I kind of think about it a little bit as being a widow. Because mm-hmm. You kind of feel like you're getting on your feet and you're like, okay, I'm doing okay. You're doing, mm. And you find a picture yeah. or you see something that he used to do and it just like sucks you back in that moment. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. And then you feel like, oh, I feel like I was doing so good and now I can't up. And now I've just feel like I've been, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. So totally. I like that song. Okay, awesome. I'll add those to the playlist. Okay. Um, so last two questions. The first is, how do you feel like you've changed the most since Justin died? Um, I'm like a completely, I feel like, different person. Mm-hmm. I've changed a lot. And I think about it a lot. I'm like, if he came back today, like, would he, what would it be like? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. What I, I say because I feel like I'm just so different from the person that I was with him. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's hard for my family. Yeah, and for my friends, which is so heartbreaking because I'm like, I didn't have control over yeah. any of this. Like, I didn't want him to die. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be feeling this way. I didn't want to be different. You know what I wanted? I actually wanted to have my life that I had with him. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like I'm on a different path in, in a lot of different directions in my life. Yeah. I can totally feel that. Okay. What is one thing you're really looking forward to? Oh gosh. Uh, does this just show how depressing a widow's life is when like, honestly, I feel like this is what's sad is like, I just feel like it's really hard for me to get excited about anything anymore. Mm-hmm. 
What do you sad thing is that I can't even think of something right away because like nothing really just excites me. Yeah, or maybe I this just is feel like I'm coasting. <laughs> maybe this is a note to your friends and family to plan something really exciting. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, my sister lives in New York City. And I've been really dying to just go out and like have a fun girls week yes. in New York. Have her be your wing woman. Yeah. So I have to plan that. So that has to happen. Yes. That sounds great. Um, or you could come join us on the Widows in the Wild Colorado trip. Sounds <laughs> Are you living in Colorado? No, I'm outside Chicago. But okay. then our next trip is just in Colorado. So well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing like a road trip kind of starting and ending in Denver. Okay, around. that is so cool. Yeah. That's where I was living before I moved here. Yeah, how's Utah life? I like it. I am just have a lot of support here. Yeah, that's so, so great. It just makes the biggest difference. Critical. All right, Jennifer, thank you so much for doing this. Yes. I really appreciate it. And I'm yes. sure lots of people will listen because everyone's dying to know about your dating life. <laughs> I know, right? It's so boring. I, when you first messaged me, I'm like, uh, I have nothing to share. It's really a boring dating life. It's depressing. But, but in terms of the podcast, like, I think this is great because like okay. lots of other people are going to be in your situation too, where it's like, they haven't gotten a lot of experience yet or, yeah. you know, so I think it's good to hear from other people in every situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. So thank you again. Yes. Thanks for having me. All right. Get to New York. I know. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Well, that's it for this one. Until next week, I will just encourage you to check out the Patreon, seek out better help if you are in need of therapy, and touch base with us on Instagram. Hope to see you there. Bye.